Uh, content warning, we discuss self-harm in this episode. There are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. How welcome. To the Hypothetical Institute. Oi, stop trying to steal my line. My name <laughs> is Luke. I'm Cam. I'm Salty. Alright. Hi, it's me, get- Salty. I'm a salty little boy. Jesus. I'm gonna sprink- a- sprinkle myself all over your chippies. Jeez, you've taken it too far. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. You couldn't even get it right. My name is Luke. I'm Salty. I'm Cam. Gentlemen, Mate, start how, how your you? engines. <laughs> how are we? Good. I'm looking forward to uh, lockdown finishing and just yeah, going yeah. out and getting coronavirus instantly. Have you guys been for a 25 kilometer drive yet? Mm, no. We'll probably go to the Queen Vic Market though, mm-hmm. which is just out of our 5K. So we're yep. planning to do that this weekend. Nice. Uh, my my car doesn't work anymore. Uh. Apparently, seven months of not driving it has not helped at all. Mm. It was like it wasn't running that well to begin with. Uh, what are we talking about? All right, today we are talking about stigmata. So you would have, of course, seen the TV show Top Gear, uh, and so one of the mysteries that no <laughs> that was Fair that was the quality of joke they'd do on. Stigma on stigma on Top Gear. Mm. You you might have known him as I don't know. He doesn't eat cornflakes with his eggs. Whatever that say about the stig. No, we're not talking about the stig. We're talking about stigmata. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Although nice one, nice one, Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> I wish I had thought of something <laughs> better. That doesn't have cornflakes with an e- with his eggs. No. You wouldn't have cornflakes with your eggs. No. Okay, he has cornflakes with his eggs. All right. To recreate the crunch of the shell. The stig. Uh, hey, uh, just on a side note, just to show you it up straight away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, had some chocolate today with cornflakes in it. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's good. It was uh, bloody good. We used to make biscuits in New Zealand that would have cornflakes as part of the recipe. Yeah. Uh, great. Really good. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Had cornflakes, nuts, and salted caramel chunks. It's pretty good. What was the brand or was it homemade? Uh, no, it's, uh, I can't remember the brand, but it was called the Bondi Bar. 
All right, Bondi Beach. Yep. Probably not, not made in Bondi. I can't imagine. No, and not affiliated at all with the uh, Bondi cigar. What's a Bondi cigar? You'll just have to Google that later. Is it a marriage on a cigarette? Nope. Is it a poo? It's a big old poo. Uh, floating in the water? Or is that- yeah, down Bondi. Oh, jeez. Anyway, today we're talking about <laughs> stigmata. Or, according to the world's leading expert on stigmata, Ted Harrison, stigmata. Stigmata. Is he Australian? No, but he would he called it like stigmata. But I, I can't do it without an Australian accent because I am Australian. But imagine him saying that with a British accent. Stigmata. Stigmata. Oh, so he's got it a bit soft. He's not cockney. He's it was, not like a cattle rancher in Texas or whatever that was cockney the other week. <laughs> he just had a weird pronunciation of stigmata. Right. Even though he was apparently the world's leading expert. Okay. So what, what is- did we discover about stigmata? Um, well, I mean, it, it's, it started with, uh, Sir Francis of Assisi, mm. which is a, a name that I know to say in trivia. Mm-hmm. If there's like, you know, the answer is going to be a saint and you're not really sure. St. Francis of Assisi is a, a probably pretty good, uh, you know, a pretty close guess. Right. Uh, and he was doing some prayers and he started seeing visions and then he just started bleeding, right? Basically, um, he, he it's, apparently he had a, a clear. This is according to Google, uh, sorry, Wikipedia, a clear and simple account of the event. But then he saw a vision of a seraph, a six-winged angel on a cross. The angel gave him the gift of five wounds of Christ, which are um, holes in the feet, holes in the hands, and then a little stab in the, the left-hand side. Uh. Can I just say, if I was given that gift by a seraph, I'd be asking for a bloody receipt. Mm-hmm. Take that one straight back. Yeah, like, I I know- Or some poor relative is going to be getting that next Christmas. <laughs> I know. I know. That- <laughs> um, <laughs> Uncle Assisi, didn't I see this on you last year? <laughs> Shut up and bleed. <laughs> it's rude. Don't Don't question your uncle. It's, um, yeah, like I know Catholicism is, you know, like when you're at that level, it's pretty glib. You're not really expecting much out of life, but I don't know. A bunch of flowers would do it. Mm. Winged angel. You've got the powers. Um, yeah. So he, he basically was the first to, to have it and get it. And then it was followed up soon. I guess the next famous one is the St. Pedro. St. Pedro Pier of Pietro. I'm not going to. Pietrelcina, mm-hmm. uh, who was a monk, and he started getting it as well. So, yeah, basically, it's this, this you get these wounds. You have a vision, you have a religious moment, and then you're wounded. That's it. That's it. All right. Start- well, it episode. All right. Uh, if you're on Patreon, uh, hang around for the news. Um, no, but basically, yeah, you, you get these wounds of Christ. And for some Catholics, it uh, never stops bleeding. And so you just kind of got these wounds all your life. Others, it, it comes and goes. Mm. And, yeah, no one can explain why. Well, some people can. I think you'll find that there are some explanations. So I looked at a specific case because I um, I went for my new sort of go-to research uh, gambit of searching the CIA files for whatever we're talking about. <laughs> and I found all of the CIA files about stigmata, of which there were many. Right, right. Because stigmata, besides being bleeding out of your hands and feet, 
in the style of Christ is also apparently an acceptable uh, like term for multiple stigma. Like you ah. know, if there's stigmas associated with something, you right. could also say, "Oh, there's a you know, there's stigmata associated with th- those things." To which I say, "No, it's bleeding out of your hands." Wouldn't it be stigmati? Just say stigmas if mm. there's multiple stigmas. Anyway, yeah. so there's a bunch of CIA files where they're like being all fancy, and it's like piss off. Don't you have a South American country to overthrow? But they did have a couple that related to the bleedy one. Mm. The These were all things I found in Project Stargate files, which was the US military's, uh, you know, parapsychology project, yep. which you might know from uh, the John Ronson book and movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats. One of the references to it that I found was they had like a report on the Soviet and Czech uh, parapsychology studies who over in the Soviet Union, they didn't call it parapsychology. They called it biocommunication. Right. But uh, what they noted about the Russians was that they didn't even bother researching stigmata. Really? Because they were like, oh, this is more of a psychology thing. I think maybe throwing a little shade on it. Right. But I also I found like a bunch of CIA files where they just had like these accounts of stigmata that I think had been just taken out of books and things that were in with a bunch of other sort of similar accounts. And I was like, I can see why this project was shut down for being an absolute waste of taxpayer money. But one of those cases that was in the files was this case of Therese Newman, who was a German Catholic mystic mm-hmm. born in April 19- April 1898 and died September 1962. Right. So she had a sneaky bit of the sticks and uh, was a massive faker as well, <laughs> by the looks of it. Right. So she um she had a bit of a, a rough life. She was blinded after she fell off a stool while attending to a fire in her uncle's barn. So you know when you you know sitting on the stool watching the fire and you fall off and you lose your sight. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh, later on she got her sight back through the power of prayer. Uh, she also was paralyzed at one point and developed a lot of bed sores, which I think might possibly come into the stigmata, the random bleeding later on. But anyway, she also claimed that, a uh, prayer had cured her of appendicitis, but, uh, she started developing stigmata in like the 1920s in, uh, 1926 during Lent, a wound appeared above her heart. And then it just sort of progressed from there. And there's, like, photos of her, and she's just absolutely gushing blood. Mm. Like, it's not the subtle stigmata that you might see where someone's got, like, a little mark on their hands. Like She's, she's just drenched, right? She's just in that drenched. Photo. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the one problem, though, is that uh, no one ever saw her actually bleeding. Uh, and any time that she did start bleeding was just after she'd asked anyone who was checking out whether it was real to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, d- I did see like documentaries where they had skeptics being like, oh, you know, you could palm a syringe and uh, you know, show someone your hand and they're like, well, there's nothing in that hand. And then 
you move your other hand over and squirt the blood into your hand and then you show them your hand again. It's got blood on it. And meanwhile, you've distracted them and you've you know discarded the syringe. It's like, no, you just ask them to leave the room, apparently. And just <laughs> <laughs> get the tomato sauce out. I will say, though, I'm sort of, I, I sort of like it because apparently the Nazis hated her. Okay. Right. Which makes me sort of be on her side. Because so they're that- like, she's way too popular. And she's just like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Nazis, I'm just going to keep on bloodying myself up. And, and when Hitler tried that, he just took it too far and bloody shot himself in the head. Yeah. <laughs> start small, Hitler. Yeah, start with your hands. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the cause for most cases seems to be faking it. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot of cases. I um, On that... There was a Reddit discussion of the photo of her covered in blood. And it was, like, really weird because it devolved in, like, this super cliched Reddit fashion into a discussion about how they would crucify someone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They're like, you know, because- this is what this is one of the sort of problems of the the stigmata phenomenon is that it's supposed to be recreating the wounds of Christ and it's supposed to be a supernatural thing. But they're pretty sure that everyone who did a painting of Christ with nails through his hands has just gotten it massively wrong. Yeah. Because that wouldn't be able to hold up someone's weight. And so they get into an argument about that on Reddit. And so then they're sort of like engineering like well if we were to invent crucifixion from scratch, you know, without any of the baggage, uh, how would we develop it? Let's start a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, they basically, they're like, oh, well, you you tie them up and then you just nail them for cruelty purposes. I mm. think that's what they did, wasn't it? Well, they don't know. Mm. I always thought it was a thing that went through their wrists or something because yeah. it went, went between the two arm bones and that was more solid to hold someone up than... I th- I think they think that it's supposed to go through the wrist, but then in the Bible, when Jesus comes back and someone's like, hey, you look, look like Jesus. And he's like, yeah, it is me. And they're like, tell me something that only you would know. For example, show me your hands with the holes in them. He's, he shows him his hands. He doesn't right. say, oh, actually, it was my wrists. So did we, was it here we were talking about when Jesus came back and he just kind of hung around for a couple of months? Yeah, and then moved to Japan. Yeah, yeah. Separate to that though, like I must have been maybe it was me and Emma, and yeah, like I just you know he came back three days later, but then I think yeah he just kind of stuck around just until everyone, yeah until everyone got sick of him. So it wasn't like you know a couple of days and he buggers off. He just kind of kicked it. That's interesting. And uh, just before we move on from Newman, another thing that she claimed was that she didn't eat or drink, and I don't know. Some of these people that looked into it were like, well, you, you don't look like you haven't been eating. Like, not to, not to be mean. Like, she Jesus. she was, she was a, just a stocky German woman. Okay, right. right. Um, so, yeah, she was clearly faking it then, right? Yeah. 100%. So I looked into possible causes for the original, the OG, not mm. Jesus, who- St. Francis. Yeah, St. Francis. Um. Basically, in his case, they think he either had malaria or leprosy. Right. Yeah, that'd do it. And I, I think he spent a lot of his time treating sick people. Um, so he just basically caught a whole bunch of things. And I think he's kind of known for catching things. He had c- conjunctivitis at one point. 
um, which isn't so bad. It's not yeah. leprosy or malaria. Uh, but yeah, I guess if you have conjunctivitis, notable enough for people to remember it, I don't know, a thousand years later, then it's, you know, notable in some way. Um, but the other guy, uh, Pedro Pio, so he was said to have been faking it. Uh, but also he was using carbolic acid to, to kind of make his wounds not heal. Oh. And so this was a way that people used, allegedly used to um, do it. Uh, what is carbolic acid? Is that like lemon juice or what's the guy? That's nitric it's, acid. It's a, Where's yeah, he getting a, his carbolic from? Well, uh, so. His, his car's bollocks. This, this all happened during the Spanish flu. Eh? Uh-huh. Um, uh, no. All right. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I've got to cut it. Damn it. Um, this all happened during the Spanish flu and there was a shortage of doctors. So uh, Padre Pio was using carbolic acid as a sh- sterilizing agent to give people the, the shots, injections to fight the flu. And then suddenly he starts getting stigmata and they're like, well, that would also stop you bleeding. Stop you, sorry, healing from the, the wounds. Right. Um, I think he's kind of a famous faker as well. Like, oh. Just kind of my, my quick reading of it. Um, there's, he's got an, five subsections on Wikipedia of alleged paranormal phenomena, uh, stigmata, healing, apparitions, transverberation, and prophecy. So he seems to be a little bit dodgy. Oh, it's like 0.4 transverberation, 0.5 zoom dick incident. Yep. <laughs> Way to date the podcast, Cam. Sorry. <laughs> How about that, though? Oh, you know what? Can I just say, can I just have a shooey? <laughs> I, will, I will say that I've massively, um, you know, squeezed the shoe in because I'm the one that brought up the Zoom dick thing. But all of these people completely that are- unprompted, like there's so many opportunities to bring it up during a show like this. <laughs> you just you just shoehorned it in. <laughs> Can I just say though, there's all these people that are like, oh well, firstly there's all the people that were like, oh you know, there but for the grace of God go I, you know. Why are we all having a go at someone for doing something we all do? And then all these people that are like, we all have a wank on a Zoom. <laughs> while we're at like, work. <laughs> while we're at work. And it's like, can I just say. Cam, did you make it clear what we're actually talking about? Because I don't know if anyone <laughs> ever runs across this. <laughs> the guy from the New Yorker was having a wank on his work Zoom. Where they were doing something <laughs> even weirder, I think, which was, you know, role playing as Donald Trump and stuff. Yeah, they're doing like isn't like election night results role play. Yeah, yeah. like mock role. Yeah, mock election results. And then he's he thought he's turned his camera off and gotten his dick out, and he's <laughs> not turned the camera off. <laughs> I ha- I actually had something similar today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, steady on on a Zoom call. I had to burp. Right, and I turned my um. I went to mute myself, and I accidentally turned my camera off. <laughs> so I just did a massive burp into my mic. <laughs> Uh, but without, you know, like the visual stimulus to distract. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and they heard it. No, my point is, it's like I thought part of working from home was we didn't have to wear pants on these things because if you couldn't see below our waist, and we've got all of these newsreaders who are like, oh, I'm doing the news without pants on. Yeah. It's fine. A joke that still is not old after seven months. Wait, are you saying it's fine that he was jacking it? <laughs> oh, it's, 
what's your position here? That's not it's not clear from what you've just laid out. I'm just saying, you know, it's okay to not wear pants on a Zoom call. Yeah. Maybe don't jack it though while you're doing it. Just keep your camera above your waist. And don't masturbate on public calls. Oh, yeah, don't masturbate on a yeah. call. Look, if you're working from home, and we all basically are because it's a pandemic, right? Oh, way to date the podcast, so <laughs> If you're working from home and you've got a jacket, just jacket. When you just got five minutes to bloody, you don't have to, like, do anything. Jeez, Mr. Marathon Man over here. <laughs> Maybe leave it till after your Zoom call's finished. So I think what's happened is he's he's folded his... Camera, his laptop down a little bit, thinking yeah. his camera was off, and I think but actually that zoomed, pointing it that right g- at his nuts. Yeah, that gave like a a zoom in view. <laughs> nah, I'll I'll say for the record, I'm against jerking it at work. Thanks, Cam. Uh, stigmata. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Which so, would make it even harder to jerk at work oh, because you're like, oh, I my, don't. my hands <laughs> are in the way. <laughs> no, they're not. I can see right through them. So many, uh, this is a direct quote from Wikipedia, many stigmatics have been exposed for using trickery. Mm. Uh, One confessed. Um, But there's kind of a couple of things of like um, hysteria or, you know, mass hysteria or, you know, people thinking they've got it. They're kind of getting themselves into a frenzy and then physically harming themselves. Yeah. Um, And then that goes into... Actually, people doing it in terms of self-harm, which is a bit of a problem. You know, self-harm to show that you're more pious and, uh, you know, it's kind of a a psychological problem. Uh, I think it's a thing that, yeah, a lot of the stigmatics have, like, low self-esteem and health issues and tendency towards self-harm and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, There was a a study uh, that suggested one was from PTSD, um, and they were doing it sort of unconscious self uh, mutilation. So pretty, pretty gross. Or pretty gross. That's, so that's not what I meant to say. Pretty grim. Mm. There was one uh, Teresa Musco who had described herself as a dung heap, Oof. and in her diary she wrote, "Lord, use me as your cleaning rag." Oof. So she that wasn't. Is... She wasn't too up on herself. Yeah, that's some pretty bad self talk. She this uh, just took a hard right turn. <laughs> she died in 1976 at the age of 33. The uh, the other kind of we- uh, not weird thing, notable thing about it is the the blood is said to be perfumed. Right. It's not um, it's not just blood. It doesn't you know smell like blood. It smells uh, kind of sweet. Right. And one of the the theories around that is um, starvation. If you're doing like a a religious pilgrimage or religious, you know, visions and, and trying to get yourself into that state, you'll probably be fasting. Mm. Um, so the, and apparently it's, um, I noted down what the actual chemical was, uh, acetone um, or aso- acetosatic acid caused by ketosis. Right. So when you go into ketosis, uh, yeah, your blood starts to, to change its sort of makeup. And um, so if you are, Doing getting going as part of a keto diet, mm. cut yourself and have a sniff. Yeah, it'll offset how bad your piss stinks. Is that something that happens? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, I watched a Mike Willisey doco. We talked about Mike Willisey last week with the old bloody Australian UFOs, or the week before, whenever that was. Mm. I watched actually a couple of Mike Willisey things in relation to this. One of them was. 
it was packaged in some US thing about discovering God or some it was it was some sort of supernatural show, but it had a Mike Willisy package where he went to Bolivia to see this woman who was a, a stigmatic and I don't know, Mike Willisy was pretty bloody non-committal on his his uh his conclusions. Oh really? Was that because it was like there wasn't that much evidence, but he was still like, who knows? Well, because he it, was pretty into it, I think. Yeah. So it, it kind of, it kind of comes into the other thing that I watched about as well, which I'll talk about afterwards. But so he sat with this woman with her, her priest in her bed. And it was this thing that she goes through. She's been through a few times where she starts feeling sick and she starts getting, feeling pains and stuff. And it was like, Mike Willis is like, and we we started noticing little spots of blood on her forehead, like where like a crown of thorns would be, and they were showing her, and she had yeah she had all these like speckly bits of blood starting on her forehead, and then a uh, uh, like a graze on her cheek started to appear, and and she she went full blown stigmata, like her her palms started bleeding and her feet like it looked like. Like when you graze yourself and blood comes to the surface, you know, when like you do that and it kind of, you're not cut, but you kind of graze and then the blood kind of just starts coming through your skin. Mm. It looked like that. So it wasn't like blood pouring out. It just looked like she had a mark on her hand and her feet and, and they started to, to seep blood. And Mike Willisie was just sitting there going, yeah, well, shit, you know. Is that what he said? That no, but that's that's kind of the gist of it. He was like, "This is this is pretty, pretty cooked." Um, always with his his skeptical eye, though. Like he always had a skeptical eye. Anyway, while she was sitting there bleeding, he whips out his bloody forensics kit and starts taking blood samples from her wounds. Yep. Um, so Did that they could consent first. That's uh, yeah, impressive. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Everyone was everyone was into it. So he took some swabs and he was like, all right, we'll get this tested in a lab. And then when he was on the show talking to the American woman, he's like, because, you know, we had to test because, you know, this is supposed to be the the wounds of Christ. So was she bleeding her own blood or was she bleeding the blood of Christ? He wanted to have a little sip. So they got it tested. It was her blood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It wasn't Jesus's blood. Um. um- but yeah, then he went back the next day after she had kind of she she kind of got through the other side of it, and she got like like she got really kind of messed up laying in bed, and she it, they said that she felt like her lungs were filling with liquid and like she, she looked like she was dying. But after it, she kind of come good, and he went back and looked at her the next day, and yeah, she had her face was all cleared up, her hands she had scars on her hands, but no no bleeding or anything like that. So I mean. It does lead a bit towards the whole thing of she might have fucking wounded herself at some point in those bits and then used that carbolic acid or whatever to maybe just rub it on there and make the wounds reopen or something mm. or or been doing something to make old wounds bleed again. So it was it was clear that she sat there and, and her hands and feet started bleeding, but she had pre-existing wounds there. That were supposed to be from stigmata happening before. You could do a um, yeah, right. So she already had wounds there. Yeah, and, and she could just bleeding. you could just stretch your le- hand out a little bit. 
like not not scab kind of a thing, right? Not not new wounds. They were like old healed scars. Oh, okay, they were scars. Yeah, and right. they started weeping blood. But I mean, I mean, that could possibly just be a medical condition she has, right? Where well, I mean, she wrestlers- might have super thin blood that seeps through weak parts in her skin. Wrestlers, uh, when they get too scarred from cutting themselves with razor blades, just fucking pop open at any moment. Right. Like some wrestlers are famous for it. They get to a point in their careers where they can't, you know, can't take a fall without bleeding open. Right. And so if you've, yeah, if you've spent a couple of years just ripping your wounds open. Mm, she might be able to just flex and make right. it happen. Yeah. That'd be like the dream as a wrestler. I don't have to fucking cut myself anymore. Yeah. Massive yeah. time saver. Massive save on time. Massive save on bloody my razor budget. Yeah. It also ma- makes the other wrestler look more impressive. You know, you're taking bumps for the other wrestler and, you know, oh, my God, he drew blood. That's how hardcore the other wrestler is. Mm. Well, I guess that would be shit if you had beef with the other wrestler and you didn't want them to look good. Yeah, that's a whole other issue, really. Like, fuck, I'm bleeding. Now that cunt's going to look great. I hate him. <laughs> that's a whole other issue. Um, Hulk Hogan's famous for not taking bumps. Right. Because uh, he didn't want to look bad. Oh, uh, that's no fun. No. Hulk Hogan's not very well liked behind the scenes. Right. So I did see one other case of stigmata where they got it one year and everyone was very impressed. And then they got it again the next year. And they had, like, all of these people showing up from all over the place, bringing presents and things. And then the third year, uh, the police came around because they were a little bit suspicious and they didn't get it that year. (laughs) (laughs) But I did also see there's sort of a, I guess, a medium ground between, like, faking it and, you know, self-harm, which was possibly a psychosomatic cause. Mm -hmm. I think this is maybe sort of what you were talking about a little bit with the hysteria, Robbo. Mm. They they did, like, s- studies where they put people under hypnosis and they'd put a coin on their uh, on their skin and they'd say, this coin is burning hot. Right. And then, like, over a number of hours, a blister would form on the person's skin where the coin had been. So it is – they sort of know it's possible to cause a wound just through the power of belief. Yeah. Mm. So Isn't that true. I think that's a true thing. It was on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> <laughs> it was sent by a doctor. <clears throat> I think you've been bamboozled. So, so I, I, the idea was that you know, if you really believed strongly enough that you were going to you know be experiencing something like this, or you were in some sort of extreme religious fervor. It might be possible for you to, you know, manifest those wounds if you were, like, really hard identifying with Jesus. Like, if Jesus had posted a super relevant meme to you, you might be like, I really identify with that. If you were, like, so hardcore into the secret that you could manifest your wounds. Yeah. Well, but for reals. Cam, I think you've been bamboozled. Uh, No. Just a, a quick... A quick look. Uh, Skeptic Stock Stack Exchange has a pretty good debunking of uh, blisters being formed. Just doesn't seem to happen. Right. Speaking fine, of- fine, fine. I got bamboozled. It happens to the best of us, and it happens to you as well sometimes, Robbo. Hey guys. <laughs> Speaking of bamboozling. Yeah. Got a story about one, Johan Yetzer. 
who was a stigmatic from the way back. In 1507, Johann confessed that his stigmata were fake. He had been a famous stigma stigmataman back in the, the early 1500s, uh, late 1400s. Mm. And so his um, monastery, he was a monk. His monastery uh, had supported him in being a stigmata, stigmatic. Uh, when he confessed that he was, things were fake, four friars from his monastery were burned at the stake for supporting him in his trickery. Mm. And he was sentenced to death. Now, this is where the bamboozling takes place. His mum only smuggled him in a bunch of women's clothes to the prison and he bluffed his way out. Ah. Do you think he did the voice? I hope so. I hope someone, the jailers went to his cell and they looked in and saw someone in ladies' clothes and they were like, what the hell? And he's just gone, I'm not the prisoner. I'm a lady. Yeah. And they've gone, oh, sorry, ma'am. We're going to let you out. How did, how did you get into the locked prison cell? Yeah, our mistake. Off you go. And he escaped. If someone gets away like that, let them go. Yeah, I agree. Well done. And that's that's some European countries have that if you get caught trying to escape prison, you don't get extra sentence because it's like, yeah, of course you're going to try and escape. You don't want to be in prison. <laughs> that shouldn't be a crime. <laughs> in fact, you're setting a good example for the rest of the prisoners. Yeah, get out Why of prison. Why are you guys all trying to escape? Uh, yep. Um, are we going to talk about uh, other things bleeding? Oh, can yeah. I, I've just got one last one for people bleeding. Okay. I d- did see a case of a woman in the UK. It was like in the mid-90s. And I think this might also perhaps be a common thing of it where she had some sort of wounds on her hands and feet. She also had a tough life. So I wouldn't see that like self-harm or illness is out of the question here. She didn't think it was stigmata though. She didn't even know what it was. Some priest sees it. He's like, oh, you've got stigmata. She's like, what's that then? He's like, oh, it's when you bleed from your hands and your feet through Christ. And she's like this super poor woman. And suddenly everyone's paying her attention. <laughs> and uh, she's you know getting presents and things. And she just sort of goes with it. But it's like, it's all of the people around her that are causing the issue. <laughs> it's not that she's gone around and like faked cutting her hands. Right. She's been, uh, what's the word? Exploited. Yeah. Basically, that was my sort of view of it. And, yeah, people are writing books about her and stuff. And it's like, well, at that point, it's a bit awkward to say, oh, well, you know, I guess I I forgot to mention I you know, nicked my hand on a rusty fence the other day. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about other things that are bleeding. Just mm. just sorry, quickly. Um, I had my Facebook up and I just saw a post that was in my feed uh, from one James Davidson. Not sure if he's a listener, but hi, James, if you are. James Davidson was watching Stigmata. Just a horror movie? My feed. Yep. And it, uh, his review. Uh, are the 90s so many bad movies? Who, knews, who knows where the $30 million actually went to make this film? What is he suggesting? And this sounds like a conspiracy theory. Uh, no, I think he's... Well, someone in the comments has suggested it's a... Or the, half the spend was on the preview and the promo. 
So some scathing commentary on the movie Stigmata happening on Facebook right now. Jesus. jeez. Oh, Interesting that that popped up on your feed while you're talking about it. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a little bit makes me uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and I guess before we move on, um, I don't know, I feel like we should acknowledge that if you are self-harming, maybe go see your GP. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That's my disclaimer. I'm not good at these sorts of things. Yeah. No, you're very bad at them. Let's know, talk can, about it. Let's talk about. Want to improve it? Maybe add a trigger warning at the start of the show. Yeah. Uh, content warning: We discuss self harm in this episode, but in a, in a fun way. <laughs> How's that? Is that a good? <laughs> I think that I think that's that sums it up. <laughs> All right, back to the show. Mm. So the other the other Mike Willisy thing I watched was about um, a string of. Uh, occurrences in South and Central America where the um, the little communion wafers that they have in churches when they do communion, which is like the body of Christ uh, being fed to the the parishioners or whatever. Mm. Um, Wait, the wafers started bleeding? The wafers. So basically there was a few occurrences where in various churches – something happened and some of the wafers ended up having blood on them or bleeding. Mm. In one case, um, the someone had taken their thing from the priest and just chucked it in like a candle holder. Like they just discarded it. They hadn't eaten it. Bit of a waste of the body of Christ, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, not but, sure that's how you're supposed to do it. But um, they said usually when they, if they would find any like that, because they're all blessed and stuff, so they're all they're all s- sort of special to the church. Usually, if the priest would find one that someone hadn't eaten, they would they would eat it because it's like Christ gave His body to be, you know, all, all that kind of jazz. No, yeah, no need to waste a bicky. Don't want to yeah. waste a bicky. Yeah, um, I've, got so, all di- I've got all this dip left over. What am I going to do? So one had been discarded in the in one of the candle holders, um, and usually the priest would eat it. But instead of eating it, he put it in a bowl of like sacred water. The other way was to, to dispose it in this certain way. So he put it in this bowl of water, and that bowl of water was locked inside a special church safe. I can't remember what it's called. Um, not a reliquary. That's a thing that holds saints' remains or whatever. But a thing in the church, a sacred, fancy chest thing. They locked it in there, and usually, because it's just flour and water, it would just dissolve into nothing. Yeah. They opened it up a few days later to get rid of it, pulled the bowl out, and you wouldn't believe, it just looked like a big, gross, moldy mess. Yeah. <laughs> I could believe that. Um, I I, firstly, I don't believe any of this story. Just chuck the- If you're not going to eat it, just chuck it in the bin. Yeah. No, you can't do that, mate. It's the body of Christ. It's sacred. Oh, all right. Um, so they they were like, ah, oh, shit. Usually this would just this would have just dissolved, but this has gone all gross, and there's all this red stuff in it. Hang on, tabernacle. Tabernacle, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Did you Google? Did you Google fancy church? No, tape? it came to me. I, I had a vision <laughs> of like the one in my old church as a right. as a young man. So yeah, they put it in the tabernacle in a bowl of water. They took it out. It was all gross. It had all this red stuff in it, and the the woman the assistant to the priest or whatever was like, holy shit, this, this has got, this is, must be blood. This must be a miracle kind of thing. The priest was like, holy shit, look at this. It's fucking, it's, it's bled. We've got to, 
we've got to you know celebrate this so it became like this massive thing in this church in like argentina or something that there was this miracle bleeding uh uh, what's it it's called? Good. What's the big? What's the bicky actually called though? Wafer. Communion wafer. Communion wafer. Yeah, it's got it's got another name. Sacrament. Yeah, it's bleeding. So that become a whole thing. Mike Willisy went to check it out. Took a he's, sample. He's like, you've got very, you need to change the water. Yeah, he he took a sample as he's as he does, and then jetted off to somewhere else where a similar thing had happened, where someone had got their communion wafer, and they were like, hang on, this. It's look, it's got blood on it. Where does this blood come from? Because it, what didn't have blood on it when I handed it to the person, and this was in Mexico, instant notoriety. Oh my god, the bleeding uh, Bicky put it in a fucking glass thing and put it up in a big gold gilded thing, and everyone will come and pray to it. Yeah, we. I think that they were probably like, you know, one of the central tenets of our religion is anything besides Christ that you can put up in a big golden thing and pray to, yeah. you should do that straight away. This sounds like 100% on brand. <laughs> There's definitely no rule that says don't do this. Nah. Come on, um, people, get it fucking together. <laughs> so this was- this was. I know the, this shit. This was called the Miracle of Mexico, this one, and it was like fucking Mexico's big thing. So much so that, like, the fucking drug cartels were threatening the priest, like, extorting money out of the church or else we're going to fuck up the, the wafer. <laughs> biscuit. <laughs> and right? it'll be so easy for us because it's just a biscuit. We're going to smash the biscuit. You better give us money. So, Willis is interviewing this, this priest and he's like, and did you pay them? And he's like, yes, I did. So, this priest's paying the drug cartels not to smash his bicky. And anyway, Mike Willis, takes a sample. The priest lets him crack open the big gold what? casket that it's in, and Why he takes. Willis he gets <laughs> travelling around with a like, just <laughs> desecrating <laughs> religious sites. So anyway, he takes a little bit of it, closes it back up. Uh, then he, he hears about another one somewhere else, um, but where it is somewhere else in South America, Central America, I can't remember. Um, but he goes there, and the priest is is all hush-hush about it. He tried to cover it up because he didn't want the sort of notoriety that had been bringing other churches. But one of his, one of his, his, I don't know, underling priests or whatever was like, no, this is special. We need to, we need it's to- Blabbing, blabbing a Willisy. We need to get it checked out because, you know, we basically, they all want to prove the existence of God, right? So- they're they're down with it getting tested because they're like they believe that for that this thing that they have is legit, so science should be able to prove that it's legit. So this underling priest gives Willisy a sample, <laughs> and then the the head priest got rid of it. He 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 smashed it himself and they buried it and got rid of the whole thing. So Willisy's like fuck, lucky I got out of there with a sample. Yeah. Anyway, this is this all happened years and years and years ago, like fifteen. 20 years ago, this original documentary was made. So, this was a follow-up that was on the Sunday night program at some stage. Back in the day when they did all the testing on it, the the blood in all of them um, came back from the various labs uh, as human. It, it was it was human uh, biological material. And a couple of different labs had determined that two of the samples were most likely heart tissue. Oh, um, but they couldn't 
They couldn't tell much more than that other than they could see that it looked like heart tissue. There was some cells in it. But when they tested it for DNA, couldn't find any. Came back 100% that bitch. <laughs> well, we'll get to that, Robbo. Okay. Um, back in the day when they tested it for DNA, no, they couldn't find any. No DNA. Yeah. So they're like, fuck, this is weird. This is definitely human. But Not even biscuit DNA. Nah, no DNA. We can't determine. How, how did it- they... And it's probably very, I'm probably stepping on what you're going to say next, but how do they find tissue samples but not DNA? Well, that's we that's what's fucking amazing about it, right? They they know that it's it's from a human, but they don't they can't identify anything about the human. They can't find DNA. They can't almost find any as, anything to identify anything about it. Almost as if it was someone from someone who was a little bit more than human, possibly. Anyway, like, like a Terminator or a RoboCop. This is like, you know, years ago. You could see by the footage it was years ago and Mike Willisie was much younger. Back but in the this- day where, like, a TV host would travel around taking swabs of blood. Yeah, going through, like, fucking drug cartel Mexico in a taxi <laughs> with a bunch of, like, militia dudes with guns. I think just in context, I think that Mike Willisie was considered super weird for doing this at the time. Right, yeah, yeah. But it was still on television. Yeah. yeah. So on this Sunday night program, he's like, look, we, we're revisiting this because, you know, it's years later and technology has come a long way, especially DNA testing technology. So they, they got the samples out again and took them to some more labs. Um, oh, also, there was one other thing he checked out in South America that was like this plaster statue of Jesus that started weeping tears and blood. So it was bleeding and crying and there was all this footage of tears running down its face and they did all these, like, put it through MRI scanners and stuff just to see if anyone had stuffed tubes in there. Nothing. They couldn't explain why that that was bleeding, but it was clear that someone in the family was just painting blood on it when no one was looking. (laughs) (laughs) But the daughter of the family was very fucking sus in her interview as well. Like, he's like, oh, well, if we don't know where it's come from, how we, you know, how are we supposed to determine what the deal is? And she just kind of does this little smirk, and he's like, "So if it's, it could just be a, a uh, trickery. It could just be deception." And she's just like, "Hmm." It's like, "Well, you, all right, you just kind of made us think that you're doing it." <laughs> but um, anyway, they did the testing on the DNA again, and a lab in Melbourne goes, "You know what? We found fucking heaps of DNA in it." Yeah, these idiots in the 90s didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing. Heaps of DNA in it, and it's uh, it's female DNA. Oh. So, they, uh, he's like, so, there we go. It's There's still no real explanation where it come from, but probably not Asus. No, unless Asus was a bloody lady. Yeah. This Sunday on Sunday night, transvestigation. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I just brought up Mike Willisie's uh, Wikipedia page. Yeah. So he, he, for years, was a quite a famous, you know, he did, like, legitimate reporting. He was known yeah, as a political reporter. He was on, like, yeah. Ray Martin level. Um, yeah. In the 2006, he spoke about his dedication to discovering what science can ascertain about the Shroud of Turin. Yeah. Right. Um, so he is, I guess he was into c- Catholic and he, he does talk about his Catholic faith. Yeah. So this is uh, the re- the reason he like could do all this shit was because he was a super famous journalist. He had a lot of pull. 
mm. where he, he could like negotiate his contract and be like, and I want to do one episode about fucking bleeding statues. And they're like, oh God. All right. So that's like when The Rock wants to do, I don't know, some less high budget movie. What was the one? It's Southland Tales or whatever. And he has to do, you know, kindergarten movie number 10. Yeah, I don't know if that exactly tracks. So, yes. so kindergarten movie number 10 is Mike Willis's political interview. <laughs> Southland Tales is. Yeah, is his, uh, you know, his passion project. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, also a little bit of tidbit. Just a, um, can we just let that one sit for a second? I want the audience to have a, uh, enough time to stop laughing. Yep. Hold for applause. Mm. Right. Go, sorry, go on, Robo. You can continue now. <laughs> Just to clarify, Passion Project is in Passion of the Christ and not that Southland Tales has some sort of passion fruit <laughs> involvement because I've never seen it. Hey, um, just yeah. a, another, a little shooey, but kind of related. Mm. Mel Gibson's making Passion of the Christ 2, right? Is he? <laughs> yeah. Is that going to just be the bit where he comes back and hangs around for a little while then fucks off to Japan? Undoubtedly. It'll be Mel Gibson's samurai movie. <laughs> Yeah. He'll pivot it from like Jesus coming back out of the cave into Jesus as a samurai in Japan. Is Mel Gibson also doing a Santa Claus movie? Yeah, it actually looks really good. It looks really good, but also I, the way I saw it sort of pitched on uh, social media was someone being like, you'll never believe what this movie turns out to be about. And as soon as like the trailer started, I was like, "It's Mel Gibson is playing like crazy Santa. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's playing Crazy Santa. He's just playing Santa, but as if Santa's like a, a grumpy old fucker. And he gives some kid coal for Christmas, and the kid hires a hitman, played by the one and only Walton Goggins, to go knock Santa off. So then it becomes like Santa being chased by a hitman. <laughs> just fair enough. Yeah. It looks good. I'll watch it. Do you think um, because it's 2020 or slash 2021, the kid's not angry that he got the coal. He's angry at the industry of coal. Oh. He's like, don't support this Santa. Bloody give me some wind instead. Could be. But I think that it's like a, he's like a, a fucking shitty little rich kid. So maybe the coal comes from his dad's rival's coal mine. Ah, yep. It's coal mine beef. Yeah. Classic coal mine beef. <laughs> <laughs> Santa movie. Anyway, were we going to say sorry, Robert, before I interrupted you? Uh, it wasn't even that important in hindsight. Um, I, just move on. I saw other ones where there were like statues bleeding and they analyzed the the stuff. Yeah. And they're like, it's olive oil and chicken fat. Right. Yeah. And the but- church was like, yeah, that's, I mean, who? Mystery. It's like, yeah, we did have the statue in our kitchen where we cook all that fried chicken every week. Well, and it's just coated in a slick of oil that just runs down the face every now and again. The point that um, Ted, the stigmata expert, made was if this is a miracle, wouldn't you just make it bleed blood? Why would you make it look fake? <laughs> Isn't it more likely that it is fake? And uh, I couldn't argue with that. So I did read a little bit about bleeding statues and and yeah the, the i guess the chicken fat thing is so it's cold when they put it on and then as it warms up it melts mm. and then you oh wow where'd this come from it just came out of nowhere um there's one famous one in italy 
where 60 witnesses testified to seeing the Madonna weeping blood. Uh, the blood on the statue was later found to be male, so obviously not not uh, Madonna. No, that was Jesus' blood. Sorry, the Madonna, not... Yeah. It's different than Madonna. Yeah. Not Madonna well, in the eighties, but more Madonna nowadays. Yeah. Um, Madonna sti- sort of is the Madonna, though, isn't she? Uh, yeah, Mary in this case, Mother of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the owner refused to take a DNA test, <laughs> um, but then it all kind of kicked off, and that's when a whole bunch sort of started started popping up. But the the f- one of the earliest cases. Um, was Our Lady of the Turning Eyes in Germany in the 1600s. And not only did it have tears, but it allegedly changed complexion, started moving its head from heaven to earth, and was speaking. Right. Oh, all right. Well, you can't argue with a speaking statue, especially in the 1600s when they wouldn't have the cyf- the special effects budget. Mm. Um, I also watched some news reports of one in New Mexico um, where... Uh, one of the things I read said, our, mo- our blessed mother is crying, but is anyone listening to her concerns and request to protect her children from the evil that will surely come to the world? Uh, this has this got many news reports, this one. Uh, I don't think everything ever came of it, or maybe they did a DNA test and it blood. A lot of these, they did a DNA test and it was blood, but like not not clearly not related to the, the thing. Right. Yeah, nice one. Well, on that cheery note, shall we wrap this up? Let's do it. Oh, like, uh, first, let us let's wrap up our hand and feet wounds. Yeah, <laughs> I did see one uh, super obnoxious quote on uh, a YouTube comment on a video about stigmata that I watched. It was a, a video all about the you know the chicken fat. For the believer, no proof is necessary. For the skeptic, no proof is sufficient. Right. It's like no, it's fucking chicken fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Give me some you- blood, and then we can talk. Some blood with no traceable DNA. Yeah, and no, no chicken of any should be involved at any point. So, oh, do we have conclusions about stigmata? I think we've said them all. <laughs> do want to just? I, I so one the final thing. I watched this documentary on uh, Net TV Catholic which was called Mysteries of the Church, Stigmata, where they spent four four minutes of the video bringing us up to speed with Jesus, uh, just in general who Jesus was, which I thought was a bit strange for a TV or a YouTube channel called Net TV Catholic. Like most people are across Jesus at that point. Uh, but they bring on a wound healing expert who they interview, but they're not really t- – he's not talking about stigmata. Like it's clear he's talking about just wounds, you know, oh, that, that might not be able to heal. Mm. But they intersperse it with other people talking about stigmata. So they've gone to this guy and says, oh, can you tell us about wounds that might not heal? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes it could happen and whatever. And then it's like, stigmata. But he's never actually saying it. Um, anyway, in the comments of that uh, pe- that YouTube video, people were commenting on the ladies' uh, clothing, uh, tight jeans and revealing clothes at a church, question mark, which kicked <laughs> off a lot of debate. Uh, and I just want to point out she was wearing normal clothes, uh, and normal jeans. Right. Uh, yep. Anyway. Anyway, uh, if people want to find us, where can they do so? Well, firstly, you can look up the Hypothetical Institute in all your podcast apps. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we are on Patreon. And especially, we would like to thank our $33 cook sponsor, Tammy. Thanks, Tammy. 
Thank you. Robbo, where can they get you for your beer opinions? At Ale of Time, aleofatime.com. Uh, I won an a award this week. So just Congrats. a little bit of a brag there. What for? That in. My writing. For cu- cutest boy. Cutest, yeah, cutest boy and best international reporting. Hang on, but what was your international reporting? Were you just reporting on Australian things and this is like an international award? Uh, well, it's an American award. Yeah, so to, to anything you report about Australia is international. For them, yes. Oh, that's bullshit. Oh, <laughs> You're just reporting about your own little patch. Uh, it was about the bushfires, so pretty pretty tragic story. Uh, so good one, Cam, for yucking that up. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I brought that up now. That was worth it. Yep. So I'll just nah, hey, with you no, right. Robbo, congratulations. Thank you. Thank well, you. Congratulations well on your fucking bullshit award. <laughs> well deserved, even if you fucking cheated. Just writing about stuff you know about. You don't even have to go overseas. Uh, Salty? Uh, you can get me on uh, andrewsaltmarsh.com. has links to all my stuff. Uh, at Saltmarsh on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Salt on Twitch for art stuff. And you can get me at Sexenheimer on Twitter and uh, Yena Passaran on your other podcast apps is my podcast or radio show about the far right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. supply contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Don't worry Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which, let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing, except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and